What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Colin Man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. And Noah, we have a special guest on tonight. We have a very, very special guest tonight, Colin. Uh, It's been a minute since we've had a guest. Yeah, I know. The last guest we had on was terrible at trivia, so we decided not to do <laughs> trivia so that we don't embarrass this guest because he would clearly do terrible at it because uh, he knows nothing about the NBA. Um, it is our uh, our version of an NBA insider. He's worked with a couple different NBA franchises through his career. It is our good friend Daniel. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. Now, Daniel, I I don't usually call you that, but for (laughs) the sake of this podcast, I I will refer to you as such. You know, I I just have to ask, having worked in a couple of different NBA franchises, and you can tell the listeners which ones if you would like, but how does actually being on the inside of an organization affect your fandom? Because that's something that I don't think Noah and I will ever experience. And I think it's a pretty odd predicament for somebody to grow up with a certain fandom and then be employed and watching every single game and having the actual team's performance affect how you do you know, financially, well-being-wise. What, what is that like? I'm genuinely curious about that. Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I'm originally from Orlando, and so the Magic will always have a special place in my heart, no matter how terrible they are each year. Uh, Currently, I work for the the Washington Wizards, and so it's been fun sort of following that uh, roller coaster of a season that we're (laughs) in now, entering the All-Star break. Uh, And most previously, I've worked for the Memphis Grizzlies, who obviously are having one of the best seasons in their franchise history. And mm-hmm. so it's fun being able to follow a lot of teams just because I don't stop being a fan of a team that I used to like primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I still actively want to see all three of those teams succeed. Obviously, I have the most vested interest now in the Wizards because not only do I want the team to do well, for business to do well, but also you feel like you're part of the team. If I'm ever part of a franchise ends up winning a title i would hopefully be able to get a ring as most employees do and so that's just something to sort of hope for for the future uh who knows if that's coming this year sometime uh later on in my career but obviously i like to wear a lot of different hats and uh just root for the nba as a whole yeah that was the most optimistic way you could (laughs) frame the washington wizards if i can say so (laughs) what can i say i'm a company man (laughs) i love it all right we won't we won't grill you too hard on the wizards but i i think noah and i want to know did you meet john moran i wouldn't say i met him as much as we kind of grew into one yeah i mean our desks (laughs) were next to each other um we carpooled i mean i I got to know his family really well uh no so Sort of on, like, my side, which is sales, we're kind of told not to fraternize with the players that much just because it's kind of seen as unprofessional. Yeah. Uh, from time to time, we would work events with the players. Um, I would 
be able to like be like near or on the floor as they're warming up. Uh, I can't lie to you and say I have I've ever had a conversation with Jaw. Um, I have met Desmond Bain, who's having an incredible year this year. Probably would be winning yes. most improved Seriously. player if it weren't for Jaw. And Xavier Tillman. Um, those two yeah, guys came to yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, those two guys came to talk to uh, some of our company events and got to ask them a few questions. Uh, Desmond Bain's bicep is about the size of my head, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> he does but, have um, some of the best biceps in the league, if not the yeah, best. He, he probably could be playing linebacker for the Titans if things went a little differently in his life. But the guys are super genuine, down to earth from what I saw in Memphis. It's a great group of people um, just on the team both. Uh, playing and the people I met that are sort of on the the business side, all great people who I love. And, Uh, you know, Stein, you you present us with a very unique perspective that, um, you know, Colin and I have no clue about. Just, like, can you just walk us through, like, your average day of a game day? Like, you're staying at the the arena to watch these games, right? Like, you're you're seeing every home game. That has to be, like, quite the experience, I, I assume. It's part of the reason why I wanted to work in sports, specifically the NBA, because basketball is what I grew up loving. It was one of my favorite sports. Uh, I compensated not being able to play the sport by watching as much as I can, because I am terrible at playing. Not as bad as Colin. Yeah, no and I compensate by talking about it as much as we can, so it's a similar boat. We understand. You guys get it. But it's really cool, because the way I sort of explained to people as I was applying to jobs is I'm at times getting paid to watch basketball. And so whether I have sort of uh, scheduled games, because I, I'm not working every game. Uh, the ones I don't work, I actually have the opportunity to just go see as a fan for free, which is a cool perk. Nice. But I'm able to just sort of hide around the arena from different vantage points. I'll be down on the floor sometimes for the game actually against the uh, Nets that when they came to DC, I was probably five feet from Blake Griffin while I was warming up, which was pretty cool because he was one of my favorite players growing up. Um, I was did standing right behind if, the basket the whole game. Did you ask? Sorry, him about the, Did you ask him about the back to back, Blake of the years? You know he's uh, he was pretty disappointed. He he couldn't win it, but he's got his head in the game in the right headspace. So I don't mean to talk about your competitor in the podcast world, but. Yeah, need hey, to bring that up. Yeah, come on, <laughs> we are we have similar market shares. Yeah, if comparatively, if you base <laughs> it on Instagram followers, we have actually more market share than he does. Yeah, I mean, I think so, that's the proportional way so. to look at it. <laughs> but no, it's, it's super cool being able to see the games just working. Whether I'm sort of like in charge of like watching an all-inclusive lounge area. Or if back when in Memphis, I was in charge of a lot of, a lot of the sales tables, trying to get fans to come aboard the Grizzlies before they are what we saw now. And so uh, I probably have a lot of happy former mm-hmm. clients that are sitting in the stands in Memphis. But it's really cool just being able to walk around uh, the stands, show your ID badge and get really yeah. wherever you want within reason. Um, it, it's a really cool perk of the job. All right, so one more question, then then we'll get into what we're going to do the rest of the episode. But Memphis specifically, that is – it's a basketball team that has had a fair amount of success for a small market team over the last decade. Yeah. But these last couple of years, uh, the Grizzlies have really been pretty terrible. 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were the eight seed last year, made the playoffs. Were you able to see the transformation from the fans of what they were watching prior to just how excited that city is right now for that team? Yeah, and it was such a cool sort of experience to be a part of because I remember before I had accepted the job with the Grizzlies, um, I was watching the draft lottery. They uh-huh. wa- they essentially won the lottery by getting number two and avoiding Zion, um, getting the slot to draft Jaw. Oh. And when I had accepted the job, the Jaw's rookie season had started a little bit. And you could just tell things were a little bit different because clearly the core four in Memphis back in the day, which was, as we know, uh, yeah. Conley, Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Marcus All, those days were gone and passed. There were some pretty lean years in Memphis that got them the number two pick. Yeah. But Jaws' rookie year was really, really fun to see in the uh, in the bubble year. Uh, they were able to go to the first playing tournament. They lost to Portland, uh, so they were finished with the nine seed. Um, didn't end great. And then I started working shortly thereafter really with, um, the season halfway through mm-hmm. and expectations weren't really that high. No one really expected to make the playoffs. It was a surprise that we actually did something. I remember I worked the, um, the play in game that we played against the Spurs, uh, where we won, got to uh, go to golden state, play the warriors, um, to, have a berth in the playoffs, which was super exciting. We won, obviously, and then we stole a game on the road against Utah before they advanced and took the next four. But it was super cool to just sort of get the city a little bit more hyped up. Memphis is a basketball city. It's the only pro sports team in town, which is a big selling point for me on the business side when I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was very, very fun to sort of see the hype get picked up. Uh, the, it was a great start to the season. I left right when Jaw, right before Jaw got hurt and was out for a little bit yeah. of a stretch. And what's funny is that's when they kind of turned they into went the Grizzlies. Off. Yeah, and people were talking about, does Jaw Morant need to play? Of course he needs to play. <laughs> and now they're, I think, a, a game behind Golden State for the two seed, which is so Seven much fun to see. Yeah. yeah. And so my, my friends still in Memphis are going crazy. I'm hoping it's a uh, a Memphis Wizards finals coming up pretty soon, <laughs> but we'll have to see. I'm I'm rooting for the Grizzlies out of the West. I I love it. I love it. Wow, company man, company man. Look at that, mm. putting the Wizards on your back, Stein. I, <clears throat> I love it, Stein. I don't know if you know this, but Colin actually in our preseason award predictions, out of I was a bit shocked. Colin saw it coming. He predicted a John Morant MVP season. You know, I'm not surprised. I've always said Colin was the uh, the smartest one on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I've no, always said that, too. I don't no, like I mean, that you framed that podcast. sarcastically because that means that <laughs> the general consensus is that I'm not. But that's that's fine. That's Al, you know what? That's, that's how I, we had Stein on, maybe. Oh, jeez, dude. No, All right, that's it. The 11-minute podcast. Thank you, boys, for listening. If you're a bench chatter listener out there, let us know if you're hashtag Team Noah or hashtag Team Colin. <laughs> please do. Tweet us. Tweet us at bench Stein, underscore please, chatter. Please pick, your, uh, please pick your allegiance right now. Stein, no, can you retweet us from play. the Wizards Twitter account? You know, rate really us for the brand. one to ten. Once I get those privileges back, um, I'm, I will. But until then, I'll just have to do it with my personal account. Right, just use the Grizzlies one. 
Just use the Grizzlies <laughs> one if you still have the password. Yeah. yeah, you still got the login details. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still Grizzlies123. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We're not recording, right? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. This, is, this has all been pre-show. This is all pre-show. Oh. oh, my God. All right. All right. So what we're going to do this episode is while Stein has worked for numerous basketball teams, Stein is first and foremost an NBA basketball fan. And we've, we've both known Daniel, uh, and apologies, uh, for, for quite some time. And one of uh, the things I love to do with Daniel more than anything is debate sports with him. And so we have asked uh, Daniel and Noah and I did the same to come in with three hot takes. And the other two members uh, of the podcast today will be deciding if it's a whack take, a cold take, or a hot take. To define those, whack take means terrible take, cold take means why are you even bringing this as a hot take, and hot take means... There's some spice it's to that one, take. baby. That's a hot take, baby. I like it. I like it. Hot take is good in this scenario, though. I, I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to make that clear. We we mm-hmm. want to bring hot takes. We're going spicy here. I I'm going real spicy. Yeah, uh, I want to get weird with it. I want to see what you guys come up with. All right. Well, you know what? It, it's time to ask the guest. I I think it's only right that you bring us your very first hot take. All right, so do you guys want me to start on the more tame side or just start off firing with my you know, most interesting? You get to set the tone here, Stein. Yeah, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, set the tone. You set right, the tone. I'll... However you want that to go, you can set it. All right, I'll ease you guys into it with one that I'm pretty sure that you're going to say is cold. Uh, I've talked a, lot, I talked a lot about how I am cheering for the Grizzlies to come out of the West but let's be honest, we all know who the best team in the league is. That would be the Phoenix Suns. And so my first take is I think the Suns are going to get to the NBA Finals this year without having to play a game six. I think they are far and away the best team in the league. Uh, Chris Paul is having a resurgence. Devin Booker looks like who we thought he was. And all the role players, I think, are doing their jobs. Bridges is playing unbelievably. Uh, all the guards. I, I absolutely love this team. I loved them last year, and I think they're going to be back in the finals trying to redeem themselves. I, mm. I, the, the qualifier is important there. That they don't play a game six? Correct. Yeah, I think that there's a huge drop-off from them to the second and third best team, who I consider the next tier which is the Grizzlies and the Warriors. I think there's a huge drop-off after them as well, who's kind of Utah and Dallas and Denver. And then after that, I think it's just like a pile of garbage. Um, I don't. I think the West is pretty top-heavy, and the bottom is worse than the bottom in the East. Oh, um, for sure. I think that they something terrible would have to go wrong or something along the lines of Jamal Murray coming back and looking like he did in the bubble um, to have the Suns sniff a game six. I think that they gentlemen sweep or better everyone in the West. Hmm. Hmm. All right. You're telling me that if they see Steph, 
You're, you're telling me Steph can't alone win two games? Steph is probably going to have to go through Memphis, who has beat them not only last year, but also this year in Golden State. And so I wouldn't just be discounting that because Phoenix isn't going to be getting on to one seed. They're going to be getting after they dismantle whoever ends up out of the uh, the play-in game. They're going to dismantle them. They're going to probably embarrass them. Yeah, the and they get the 4-5, which is probably going to be either Denver or Dallas. And I am a big non-believer in Dallas. I think Denver can be great. That would probably pose more of a challenge. Um, I don't know. I, I love the Suns. Hmm. You know, I, I I don't disagree with you, Stein. I don't I do hate like it. the Suns. I I do think that when I, I'm glad you didn't put it, put into your take that the Suns would win the finals or anything crazy mm-hmm. like that because I I don't think the Suns team can win the finals no. really. Um, I think you look at the last five teams that have won the championships and they all have a top five ish player in the league totally at the time. Agree. Um, I. You know, I I could agree with that, Stein. I do think Golden State can take the Suns all the way to seven. Um, I even think the Grizzlies might have a chance to take the Suns to more than six. Um, I think the Suns want no part to... This is a bit of... Colin's going to hate me for this one, but I don't think the Suns want anything to do with seeing the Lakers in the first round. <laughs> I don't... Uh, I, I don't think it matters. I'm, I'm kind of off my the Lakers can figure it out take. AD just announced out four yeah. more weeks. I yeah, that, guy's that made team, a glass. like I, I think we forget. So Stein, I'll give you this: the Suns are the most well-built team in the NBA. I think, I think that, I, I, yeah, go on. I think that every single player on that team plays their role so fantastically. I think that bench is one of the best benches in the NBA, and I don't know if that's commonly you know, thought of because they are, I mean, the depth that they have and they don't really run too deep, but what they do with that eight, nine man rotation is so fantastic. I love Jay Crawford or yeah. Oh my God. Crowder. Jay Crowder. Oh, Um, it's your first season watching basketball. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. (laughs) It is. Uh, I think that McCall Bridges, I mean, a lot of people think that he was overpaid. I think that he just fits that roster so well. I think that it's very tough to beat them when you're not playing your best basketball. But I'll say this. I think that the Suns are only capable of getting so hot. Mm-hmm. I think that the Suns play a lot of no-mistake basketball. They run incredibly efficiently. But I don't think that they could combat a Steph Curry or a John Morant-type takeover game, whereas they can have somebody that can go toe-to-toe. And I think that's kind of what we saw with the Bucks last year. They just they had nobody that mm-hmm. could do what Giannis can do, just in in any mm-hmm. sense of what he does. So, yes. I I you know I I would give it that that's a hot take. I like the take. I don't see it happening. Yeah, and to I... sort of go back to this is the and I'll let you go. No, I just got to say one thing. I think that the definition of the sum of the, what's the quote? The whole is yeah. better than the sum of the parts. Do they have yes. a top five player in the league? No, but I think they have the absolute best constructed roster 
it's mm-hmm. kind of similar to how I view Miami, um, where mm-hmm. I just think the roster is so, so well built and yeah. can really compete until you run into a, a player like Giannis or LeBron if the Lakers knew what they were doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think the Suns actually have quite a bit, uh, a lot riding on this season, actually. I, I think, like, the timeline of this team is pretty short because I only see Chris Paul playing, you know, two, three more seasons probably. And I think this is going to be the best Suns team of the Devin Booker era, era honestly. And the, the two things we saw happen in the finals last year, Colin, was... DeAndre Ayton could do nothing against Giannis. He would just mm-hmm. get in foul trouble every game. And the thing that got the Suns to the finals, Colin, was, you know, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. They're they're amazing in clutch time. Mm-hmm. Even this season, they're both amazing in clutch time. And that's mainly because they're two both very good mid-range shooters. Um, yes. The mid-range is great. Like the, I feel like the value of having a good mid-range game has gone away as we've seen the three-point rise. But you still need the mid-range uh, but the thing we saw happen with the Suns last year was they fell in love with the mid-range, and it ended up biting them in the ass. They couldn't get to the rim against a team like the Bucks, and yeah, um, I ju- I just think they can't do it. They they're like the they're one of the best regular season teams um, that we're gonna see for a while. But I just think in the playoffs, star power overcomes everything. I I agree. All right, that that was a good take, Stein, and. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next because my first take a little bit piggybacks off of yours. In the Western Conference this year, the Conference Finals will consist of the Memphis Grizzlies and the Denver Nuggets. Oh my gosh! Let Ooh, me wait. let me Lock the two best there. the two best players in the Western Conference in my opinion, are John Morant and Nikola Jokic. Steph, to me, has been just a little bit too inconsistent, and I think that that Warriors roster is, is going to fall apart in the playoffs. I, I really do. I just don't think that you can count on Andrew Wiggins. I think that Clay is, you know, two years too deep in injury to ever be Clay Thompson again. And your second-best scorer is Jordan Poole, who's been fantastic. He really has. I just I don't know if I, I trust it in the playoffs. I think that the Grizzlies roster construction is like one tier below the Suns. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in that the sum of the parts I, I really do think is greater, but they have John Morant. Now to the Nuggets, I really think that Jokic is a top three player in the NBA. He's my current MVP. I think you get Jamal That's Murray cold. back. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it's, it's very cold. cold. It's cold. It's cold. You get Jamal Murray back. That Nuggets roster is garbage. You get it's MPJ been, a new spine. Yeah, I, I'm not even gonna, I, I'm not even factoring him into this because I I think he's just gonna end up in a wheelchair by the year 2024. <laughs> so, <laughs> they you know he we, we can forget about him and his contract. And you get Jamal Murray back. I think that that team has a legitimate chance to run it. I think that, kind of like we were saying, if they have to see the Suns, who's stopping Jokic? I think that the Suns are a really, really well-coached team. Monty Williams should have been coach of the year last year, and he hasn't gotten any worse. Um, 
if Jamal Murray doesn't come back to ex- sort of what I alluded to a second ago to bubble Jamal Murray, he's still a very good player, mind you. I just don't know how Jokic is going to carry this team to the playoffs. And this is not my own thought. I think another one of your competitors, Ryan Russillo, said this on his podcast a little while ago. But we have never seen two vastly different versions of a sport when it comes to regular season and playoffs than it is with the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It is mm-hmm. so, so different where you can see a team like the, the Lebronto era Toronto Raptors yeah. run away with the regular season and then just turn back into a pumpkin. Um, I don't know if that bodes true with the Nuggets. I'm excited to see what it is because I think Jokic is one of the most fun players to watch in the league. But I just don't think you can rely on him carrying that roster with Jamal not at 100%. And Michael Porterless. So the, the only thing I'll push back on there is the big thing with Toronto was they never had a superstar like that. You know, you, you were running DeRozan and Lowry, who are both all-star caliber players, and obviously DeMar's an MVP this year, so that doesn't count. You know, he's he's on the Bulls now. He's <laughs> a top three player in the NBA, top two, you know, if you want to be liberal about it. DeMar, um, Jokic. You know, and... And I don't think that there's a player of that caliber like LeBron was in that era that we see in the NBA right now. Maybe Giannis, but nobody's that dominant where they can just carry a roster no matter who's on it and just beat who's ever in front of them, you know? So I I think that Jokic could do it. And I think that the Suns, as good as they've played – are beatable come the playoffs. Mm. Mm. I can't oh. agree because that would go against my own take. <laughs> and so even if you're making great points, which you might be, I have to dig my heels in. I, um, All right, that's, that's fair. Noah? I, I'm, I'm kind of split here, Colin, because... I'm just looking at the Nuggets, you know, stats uh, from this season, and their second leading scorer right now is Will Barton at 15 points per game. Mm-hmm. And like you said, <laughs> Colin, in the playoffs, points per game goes down. Defense gets played a lot harder. Um, while I do think Jokic is an unstoppable force, Jokic is getting his, uh, you know, 26, 13, and 8 every night, Colin. But in the playoffs, I, I, I don't know if that's enough. And you know, we can all hope Jamal Murray gets back to this place, but this dude is going to have, what, maybe a couple weeks before the playoffs start, and it's it takes it takes a while to come back from that. And I can get down with the Grizzlies making a conference finals here, Colin. I, I do think the Grizzlies are a very well-balanced team. Um, I think John Morant is ready at this point to take that leap to make the Grizzlies a uh, elite force in the West, but I, I, I can't get behind the Nuggets Um part of that take as much as I want to get behind that con because Jokic is just Jokic is just such a player man it's it's a real shame all right so so let me reel me this I had two takes I, I went with Nuggets Grizzlies I also had Mavs Grizzlies written down Ooh, and I, just, I couldn't bring myself uh, no, no, to say no, no, that no. out loud so Luka, yeah go ahead. the amount of iso ball that Luca plays is just not sustainable yeah like it's, people it's like kind of where I went know, with that. 
I have a I have a side take that I wasn't gonna say, but one of my one of my side takes was Luca is a, Luca plays a losing basketball style. Thank you, thank you. When people were deeming Luca a top five player, like already ready to give him an MVP, I felt like, and again, this is just like myself <laughs> listening to my own echo chamber. I feel like I was the only one sort of like taking a step back and be like, "What has this guy done other than lose in the first round twice?" <laughs> like we in heroic fashion, in heroic fashion. Yeah, he, he's made losing really, really cool, and he <laughs> made those Clippers series awesome. And I hope that's a rivalry, but I don't know. I think he, One of plays, a, he plays a really, really not winnable style of basketball. Yeah, I had him take right under that. Is Luca will finish as the third best player of all time? Oh god, is he really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're gonna unpack that later. <laughs> oh yeah, you can talk to your therapist about that one, Noah. <laughs> what, what's your first take? I, uh, you know, Colin, I've already told you this one. I told the uh-huh. listeners this one, but Stein, Daniel, the Cleveland yes. Cavaliers are the worst matchup that, I don't know how to word this. The Cleveland Cavaliers are the matchup that the Bucks would least like to see in the playoffs. And if they play the Bucks in the playoffs in a series, they will beat them. I like that take a and, lot. I'm and like, you have to let me unpack this. Please, I'm Cavs, excited Bucks, to hear about it. I, I like this take a lot the first time I heard it. Let me just say that. The Cavs-Bucks have played three times so far this season. They play once more on April 10th. The Bucks won the first game December 6th. The Cavs won the following two games. Um, the thing that the Cavs... The Cavs just play a very unconventional style in terms of today's NBA. Um, you know, they're running two traditional big men at times three when they have Laurie and Kevin Love in, and teams just aren't used to playing that. Um teams aren't used to seeing two traditional big men and it just catches teams because the Cavs are a very legit defensive team um they're first in points per game allowed they're fourth in defensive rating and already at the top of at the short list of top guys I would want to defend Giannis Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are probably both up there and Evan Mobley is a fucking animal and they they're really utilizing Evan Mobley at like 60 percent on the offensive side of the ball too um, which I think the Cavs will be an even better team once he unlocks a little bit more offensive game. And the thing that makes me more confident in this take is the Bucks are a vastly different team without Brook Lopez on the floor. Um, I, I think it really goes under the radar how much Brook Lopez does for that team, does for the defense, allows Giannis to really unlock himself defensively. And if he can't play in the playoffs, which it looks pretty unlikely because they traded for Serge Ibaka at the deadline, I love this. I love this Cavs team on paper matched up against the Bucks. I've already reacted to this. This is all you. Floor's yours. I love it. Um, I will preface this by saying I think Giannis is both the best player in the league this year and the MVP. But that all goes away in the playoffs. I love this. I love this Cavs team so much. Um, I think that it's the second coming of when the Rockets had the Twin Towers back in the 90s. Um, there's so much fun to watch. Yeah, never forget. It's called the, the, the One World Trade Tower. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, Evan Mobley just gets on Jared <laughs> Allen's shoulders. <laughs> uh, no, I, and I think it's fun seeing the Cavs have a little bit of success post-LeBron because that franchise is just so sad. Um, 
I, I think they're so exciting. Darius Garland's one of my favorite players in He's so to watch in the league this year. And the jump he made, I think a, another guy that would probably be up for most improved player, John Morant, wasn't choosing basketball as his profession. Um, <laughs> John Morant's too I, good to win MIP. Stein, I'm telling you that right now. I don't know. He's minus 400 he, on DraftKings right now. I'm just letting you know you he's winning it. Yeah. So, all that being said, if I were to bet on a game, I'd probably still take the Bucks. But if we're going to label this one of uh, the three uh, the three categories, I would say that's a hot take. I really like it. I would love that matchup in the second round. I agree. And uh, let, let me say this. This isn't necessarily your take, Noah. But I think that this Eastern Conference is not necessarily going to come down to what seed you get. It's going to come down to what seed everybody else gets. Yes, because yes. like one of the like one of the things I keep mm-hmm. saying is uh, the Bulls kind of vice versa match up pretty well with the Cavs. If we see the Cavs first rounds, I really like that. If we have to see the Bucks first round or second round, like I mm-hmm. just. I don't see that happening. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of teams' paths come through their worst matchup losing to somebody else. Imagine if the Bulls come in first, their first oh time post no. Derek Rose, and they get I don't want invited it. to go to the Barclays Center and play Kevin Durant. No. Yeah, no. I, I want to finish second or third. To me, that is the best-case scenario. Because exactly like you're saying, like you could see the Nets first round, and then if you see the Nets first round, you're seeing the 76ers the second round. I was like, looking at the standings before we got on, and I I think, and obviously we're pre All Star break, yeah. Um, but it's gonna be tough for the Nets to come back and get home court for the first round. They don't want home because, court. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They, That's the other need, thing. Uh, they need Kyrie uh, to actually be able to play in a game seven. But, but yeah, I don't know. I think that like I think five or six teams are separated by like, three games. The East is awesome this year. The East is so. This is like the first time in I think our lifetimes that the East has actually been better than the West. Like I think last year. Yeah, yeah. I think it started last year. I don't know if it was yeah. as clear as it is now. I mean, right Fair. now, I think that the best four teams in the NBA are in the East. Ooh, okay. We can unpack that later. All right, fine. I'll talk to my therapist. Stein, you have, <laughs> you have your second hot take. Let's hear it. Okay, this one I've been on for a little while, and it's one that I feel passionate about quite a bit. Um, I think that the direction of the Oklahoma City Thunder is a disaster, and Sam Presti is nothing but a grifter. Oh, Stein. I gotta look up what grifter means. <laughs> it basically means that he... Petty or small-scale swindling. <laughs> <laughs> that probably said it better than I could. Um, <laughs> I am just so not That's massive-scale swindling. <laughs> Let I me put it that. It's not small-scale in any way. I'm not calling at all if these picks are gonna amount to anything. I think he is just selling the the organization on the hope. Um, I think Josh Giddy is great, and they kind of struck gold where people were kind of questioning why he, they took Giddy so high. Um, so kudos for that. 
But unless they're able to trade all these picks for a bona fide superstar to pair with him and SGA, I don't see this working out because there's just, I, I think there's too many. And as we saw sort of crossing over sports with the Super Bowl champion LA Rams, uh, to quote Sam Kroenke, fuck them picks. Um, we don't it, swear it on this podcast. Really... I apologize. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> um, I think the idea of the picks is just so much better than the actual execution. I'm looking at their roster right now. Outside of Josh Giddy and SGA, who's their next best player? Poku? I mean, Derek Favors is fine. No. He's making $10 million. Sven, here's um, the best part. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. I, it doesn't. I just don't know how you can continue to – like. They're going to be in the lottery this year. They're going to be in the lottery next year. I, I just don't see this working out unless, and I will admit I'm wrong if, if this happens, if they package everything together and trade for a star. Which and they even, will. But these are all going to be really, really bad picks because aren't all the picks from the Clippers and the Heat and these teams that are going to be picking in the 20s? Yeah, but these like these picks go through 2028. 20, you tell me the Clippers in three years, mm-hmm. four years, are, are still going to be good? Mm-hmm. No, they're going to be garbage. That's why they delayed him so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that mm-hmm. the last time we saw mm-hmm. sort of a process like this get labeled, it was trust the process with Philly. That clearly did not work since Ben Simmons is now living in Brooklyn. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. They, they got James Harden for him. What that wasn't that the didn't plan. Work? That that wasn't. That it wasn't the plan. But it doesn't matter that it wasn't the plan. It still worked. What's your? You have two top ten players your, on that team your, right now. Yes, I am. I am they, hashtag team Colin on this side of the argument. What 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 is your? So if they don't win a championship, Stein, this is all seen as a failure. Like is isn't that, that your the goal ultimate, in sports? Like, it is. Thank you. That Colin and I preach that, uh, but. Yeah, not a lot of people do. I I you have to be you have to be patient with it. Like they've really only had been going through this for what two, three, three years, and they already hit on Giddy. Um, they're gonna get a top three draft pick from this draft already. There, you're pairing SGA Giddy with a potential Jabari, Chet, or Paolo. Um, I think that's already raises their ceiling as a team next year. And then, like you said, I, I fully believe in the Thunder's ability to be able to package these picks with their own picks moving forward, which are going to be good picks, to get the next disgruntled superstar, you know, the next Bradley Beal, the next Cat. And I think the Thunder are a very well-ran organization. I don't think they would put, put in all their chips for a guy like Bradley Beal, um, who, you know, has issues surrounding him. Uh, I, the, the I one think it's going to work push out. back on that, uh, I'm not going to address that comments about the player you mentioned. <laughs> uh, the one thing I will say is when SGA got hurt last year, they basically shut him down and didn't give any information about his injury. And I can't imagine he was thrilled because no They're player doing the same wants... thing this year. Yeah, he, no player a... wants to tank. I, I he's think out. that at uh, some tr- point he is going to get frustrated and want to leave because he has what? He signed his uh, extension. How many years does he have on it? Four or five? He has three more after this season. I I can promise you that he is not going to continue to want to play into age 27 
on a team that is trying to lose. Well, right, I, I think we're debating a guy's mindset here, which none of us have any insight on, because personally, I think SGA is bought in. Um, right now, SGA is out with an ankle injury. Stein going to keep him out until All-Star break. And I think it's just that time of the year where the Thunder are like, hey, SGA, you want to sit out these games, make a shit ton of money, and we'll get you a good draft pick, and you still get to be the number one guy on this team? I think that sounds like a great scenario for him at the moment. I agree that it could go sour in a couple more years of losing, but I honestly don't think the Thunder are that far away. I think they're two years away. Yeah, and Stein, with all of this, there's obviously a window to it, and I think the Thunder very much realize that. Yeah, if they just continue to draft high, nobody wants that. You know, they've stockpiled these picks for a reason, and there is, like, a value to having picks, and then the value goes down with the more you have because you just can't play everybody, you know? They don't exactly. mean anything. So you know then that you have to trade them. I think that the value is going to go down because they have to trade them. And if someone just plays a little bit of hardball, they're going to not get who they want. That's what, They're going to have to give I, up four picks instead of three? They have 20. <laughs> and again, this is a lot of me putting myself into a lot of other people's shoes, which, as you said, is a lot of me guessing. I am just so not confident because my arch nemesis in the NBA is another GM who tried to swindle a lot of people. He's no longer with the Boston Celtics. He's now working in a front office role with the Portland Trailblazers. And when he tried to basically like fail his way to the top, it didn't work. And I think the same thing is going to be happening with the Thunder. All right. Does this name rhyme with Granny Dange? It does. Okay. Well, he's working I, that, with the that narrows it down to at least two. People. Oh, excuse me. The, uh, <laughs> the Western Conference teams all—they uh, all blend together a little bit. You are correct. He's with yeah. the Jazz. And I also think I think the window of the I think the West looks vastly different in two yeah. or three years as well. Stein, I think the Suns are immediately a, um the Suns when Chris Paul retires and or leaves, they're going to have a hard time reclaiming what they have right now. I think they're immediately the worst so team. I think the Golden State dynasty is potentially over by then. Um, I think Utah is potentially over as a team by then. I think Donovan Mitchell is going to want out pretty soon. Um, you know, you can say Dallas and Denver are there. That's fine. I think the Clippers and Lakers are both vastly different teams. LeBron's leaving the moment Bronny gets drafted. Um, right, and reconstructing and that roster right now is uh, it's going to be tough. But then you still have teams like the Grizzlies, who we didn't mention. So that right. rounding out three really great teams. You have the Pelicans, who, if Zion ever returns okay. from the sabbatical, maybe. Okay. That's reaching. Well, the Pelicans then, are ran like a terrible yeah. team. So. You have the Kings. Just, you know, you have I the Rockets. Just, yeah. No, but then and then you have the Spurs, <laughs> who I really don't think you can count out once they get everything together. Because DeJounte right. Murray. Once they get Kyrie. All right. If you think that the Spurs are in a better situation <laughs> than the Thunder, I don't. then I, 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 I whack don't think take. that. Whack I don't take. think that. I don't Whack think take. that. I'm saying the the West is not full of bums after the the current guard ends. And I also I'm going to push back with you a little bit on the Suns. They still have Devin Booker. I think Aiton's a restricted free agent, so they could still keep him. Um, DeAndre the, the team is still there. So happy. You know, to me, Stein Devin Booker's doing the exact same thing he was doing when they were losing all those games, and it's 
they're just winning now, and it's because of Chris Paul. But I think we're forgetting Presti drafted Durant, Harden, and Westbrook. The guy might be half decent at this. <laughs> Maybe, and it, if I'm wrong, I'm happy to admit it are. and tell Sam Presti to his face the next time we see each other that he was right. <laughs> All right, hey, that. Jamie, can you set a calendar reminder for two years to remind Stein <laughs> that he's he had this whack-ass take? Uh, Thank you, Jamie. I, I appreciate the the candor and the hot take. I, I do. I think that provided great debate, and more importantly, it made you look stupid, which is my favorite part about all of it. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I might get cold take on this, honestly. Giannis? is going to finish as a top three player of all time, undebatably, and in at least 20% of NBA fans' eyes, he will be viewed as the GOAT. I'm a gigantic Giannis fan. I think he's already cemented himself as a top three power forward of all time. I just think he's chasing ghosts after you get really into the top three, four. I don't see any player for a while getting into that range. Um, and I'm actually really interested to see what Noah says. I've had this take for a minute. This is not a new take. So, to, it's tough because the top 10 is so colluded now, Colin, that, you know, yeah. it, it's just going to become a top 15 of all time, like a top 20 of all time. No, it will. Because... I mean... Because people are so years. like, people are so like, no one wants to take out Shaq. No one wants to take out it's Kobe. Possessive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yes, and I think, I think KD and Steph are both finishing as top ten players of all time in my rankings once they retire. Mm-hmm. Um, they I think Giannis is right there. I think Giannis mm-hmm. I is like seventeen, sixteen in my current rankings. Um, I I think a lot rides Colin on the on the. Milwaukee legacy like I I think Giannis could actually reach to that level but I think he has to be a guy who does it in Milwaukee I mean how many championships is he winning to get to this like disputed goat see that's a lot because it's gonna take a lot for him to pass Kevin Durant and Steph Curry in my mind yeah so so I, I have an answer for you LeBron at four, and all the the championship appearances is top two, right? And that's is LeBron undebated. not winning another one? No, no, never. He is. I also said that after three, though, so I <laughs> I hope that one doesn't come back to bite me. Uh, oh, I have, I have a different. That's more of a debate topic. I, I won't do that because we have more takes to get through. I think if you get to four in the modern NBA. While not being on a super team like Giannis is currently doing, I think that says a lot. I See, personally I, think that I, I the think Bucks the super are the. Team doesn't really matter. Well, sorry, I interrupted. No, I mean, but it does though because KD, anytime he posts on Twitter, the top comment is "win a real ring." But what did you start off with? You said that you already think he is within. the your top 10 or will finish and so if i said he's he somehow top three w- undisputed so is it kd okay no no, no I, Giannis. Giannis. yeah, yeah go, on, go on go on well so kd in 
some fans' eyes, has not won a ring on the greatest team ever assembled, right? Yeah. I'm not debating. KD is in my top ten of all time right now. If Giannis can continue to do this in Milwaukee, I really think that Milwaukee does it again this year. That's two. He's 27. What if we see him actually develop a three-point shot? What if we see him expand his game? What if we just see him continue to do this and continue to dominate for the next 10 years? He could do that. I think he, and I mentioned this in our group me earlier today, I think he's already fallen victim to voter fatigue a little bit because yeah. I think he is the MVP this year. And I think no. people are already tired of talking about it. Uh, the fact, I, I think he's undisputed top three. And people yes. are even discounting Wait, him with that. All, he is top three. <laughs> he's like third in the Pe- – no, he's third everywhere. The other – people are trying to put guys like DeRozan or Jaw in that third spot or Steph a little while ago who's yeah. fallen off cold. I think Giannis is the MVP, and there's not a lot he can do to lose that in my eyes just because he also is the best defensive player in the league. Yeah. Um, I just think that he accomplished so much so early that – Something it's something that LeBron and Jordan didn't do, um, where they had a lot of these accolades so early on in their career, and I think in the age of social media, um, people are just going to get tired of talking about it. I I would love for Giannis to sort of break through and get into that like top five category, but I think something that you guys mentioned earlier, people are very very possessive of their top tens. They are. Um, the fact that we can't we have trouble saying oh maybe Hakeem's fallen out in favor of Durant or guys like Shaq or okay it's again Shaq's you brought up Kobe five, earlier yeah yeah I, I totally Kobe's agree but everyone time, everyone has their different ones and I think it's gonna be very very tough for some like the the older generations than us to let another person that we grew up watching in there I agree I agree and not trying to take up too much time because I know we're, we're running a little bit long. Uh, how much do you think in the GOAT conversation the larger-than-life aspect of some of these guys plays into it? And I just – I don't think that Giannis is that. Like the, just the LeBron, the Jordan, the Kareem, the Magic, Kobe, even Kevin Durant. They just have this larger-than-life personality and Giannis just doesn't – do that he's not out in the media like that he's not he doesn't have that kind of arrogance that those guys do do you think that actually makes a difference Hmm. i just shut up stein and noah that's tough wow Uh, the thing with me it feels like Giannis is being compared to his previous years colin does it not like, it, it doesn't feel like... I, I didn't get that There's feeling with, like, LeBron or to. Kevin Durant. Yeah. I, I just There's no one to compare him to. I, I think that's it. I think it's also because we've... I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It's so tough because <laughs> we've just been accustomed to seeing LeBron dominate for so many years mm-hmm. yeah. and I think last Powerful year lives. was the first year of our basically like v, like basketball fandom lives that 
even myself as a LeBron fan until the day I die, I can say that he was stand. not the best player in Use the, the word league. stan. No, no. Um, that's fan behavior. Um, <laughs> I, I think that we're just going through an adjustment period. And soon, and we're going to say soon as in like soon when LeBron retires, just like soon when Brady retires because it took forever and eventually it will happen as we saw. But once he once he's done and Giannis is the true face of the league, I think people are going to come to terms with accepting what you said more. I just don't see it happening where he can get to top three. I think that's just I, impossible. I think Giannis is in a weird uh, in-between of the two generations of yes, star basketball players saying. right now, too. I, mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, this generation we're looking at, LeBron, Steph, like those those kind of guys, KD. And then we had the young bucks below him, like Ja, Zion, uh, Luka, Jason Tatum. And I, I think Giannis is just in a weird in-between to where he's not going to actually have the proper amount of time to be the face of the league, that guy in the league, because, like Stein said, LeBron's going to play for another, what, 34 years. Him and Steph are always going to be up there. And, yeah. Uh, and then I think eventually Luka, Zion, Ja will take over. And Giannis is just going to get a little bit forgotten. Um, I don't I don't hate the take, Colin, but I... I I can't ever really see him finishing that high. Right, and so to your just, point where he's in between eras, I think that's what kind of hurt Kobe too because yes. he was the back yeah. end of Jordan, front yep. end of LeBron, and I think his legacy is a lot different if LeBron was born a few years later. So mm-hmm. let, let me just say this. This is my last point on this. LeBron has been the leading vote-getter for All-Star games seven times, and five of those last seven, or five of those seven have been the last five years. Not in his prime, really, but just well, as still his prime. Well, eh, <laughs> not his best years. Like, so three of the years in Miami, he was not the leading vote getter. Maybe that's just because people really disliked him for going to Miami. But as LeBron got older, he just grew as this figure, this larger than life. Like demigod, if if you want to put it that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like impossible for us to perceive that LeBron wouldn't be the highest vote getter just because he's so big now. But that wasn't necessarily the case for those first eight years of his career. I think it's what it, you're right. I think he was playing the villain role a little bit because the decision was, I think, the greatest folly of his career. Um, I it think it's fantastic a lot of television. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it turned a lot of people sour on him when he, I think, is truly a likable guy when it boils down to it. He's corny, but yeah. That's what's likable about him. He's like a TV dad. But I I think that now he's kind of aged like LeBron, like fine wine. And he's... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I did not have that one planned before, just so you guys know. (laughs) Um, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, All right, well, all right. Let's no. You have a take, and then why don't we do the third round? Is more of a quick hit around just because we are kind of running out of time a bit. Okay. Noah, okay. your second take. Um, um. All right. I'll I'll go with this one. Uh, I have two Steph Curry takes. How how ignorant do you want me to get, Colin? Oh, very. <laughs> the most. Oh, I'll, all right, I'll save the I'll – I'll just say this one. Um, the Warriors have fucked over their future, Colin, and this dynasty 
by drafting two high upside guys that won't work out in Jonathan Kaminga and James Wiseman. Uh, the dynasty is over. I, I think the Warriors should have drafted more for immediate need than looking towards their future, um, especially because they're not moving either of those guys and they haven't moved either of them. And if Steph wants to win another championship, he has to leave Golden State. That's so tough to say with how it's very well tough Golden because State has I, I will always think of Steph as a warrior for life, but I, I think it's the truth. I One would even s- say it's better, it's more likely that he'll just stay in Golden State and not win another one than he'll leave. Because I just can't picture him wearing I can see jersey. that. Uh, so, one part of that take I hate, and then the other part of the take I really agree with. The what We've talked about on the podcast, and I don't know if you know how much of this you know, but the Warriors have started to do this thing where they've been building their G League kind of like an MLB farm system. So, mm. after every single G League game that the Warriors themselves aren't playing... Steve Kerr and the GM sit down and they watch the game. They spend the time to do that and they actually use the G League as a reference point for not just how their guys are doing but for how everybody mm-hmm. else is doing. That's why you have the glove. I mean, this was a guy mm-hmm. who 2 years ago the mitten. The, the mitten. Oh my oh my god. I can't, oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe I junior. messed that up. Yeah, the mitten. Uh who was going to be a G League guy for life, and now he's, I don't know if elite is the right word, but a top-tier defender in the NBA. You know, their ability to get these guys, the Jordan Pools of the world, is, it's not coincidence. Now, Kuminga, Wiseman, those look like bad picks. They do. And could they have gotten somebody that would have helped more immediately. Yeah, I, I think so. I also don't know exactly where the Warriors thought this roster was going to go, how much longer Steph had. I don't think they realized that he was going to be in the MVP conversation last year and then again this year. Mm. Uh, it's a good take because I have to really mull it over. That, that's where I'll go with it. They should have just gone Franz Wagner. It's a simple yeah. Fra- Franz Boogie. Oh my gosh, he he's not going to win Rookie of the Year, nor should he. But he's been awesome, and he it, it's crazy that that's looking like the pick the Magic hit on over Suggs, <laughs> who no one really <laughs> right. expected to fall to five. Uh, versus, no. I mean, Scotty Barnes was the right pick for Toronto. He's been playing. No, and I said that. Mind. We said that actually. We said yeah. We said um. That, so, but fr- I mean, Franz. Yeah, I think. I- <laughs> Did you guys say that? No, I, no. I was afraid of Franz to go to Orlando because Mo was not great when in his stints with LA and Washington as well. <laughs> that um, was your reference point. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> they share a last name, dude. Yeah, that's the it. And, that's... <laughs> and the they share a bloodline. It scared me. I was. I'm happy. I'm wrong because he looks like a cornerstone of that team, who I'm really excited about. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good that's a hot take. No, I I like it. I do. I like that too. Yeah. Hashtag team yeah. Noah. If they had if they had Franz right now, and you know what? I I'll, I'll say this though. I've I've shat on the Warriors a lot on this podcast. I think that there still is a chance that they could 
pull one over all of our heads and come out on top again this year. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily count them out. I don't see it happening, but, I mean, they're right there. You know, they do have the second-best record in the NBA for a reason. Andrew Wiggins All-Star. Remember, the I said that. Been talk- the mistake we should have been talking about in the draft is Jalen Green over Evan Mobley. But you guys can save yep. that for another episode. Yep. <laughs> Actually, we said that before the draft happened. Yep, we said they should have took <laughs> Evan Mobley. Uh, we even actually, better, we, but we kind of nailed the draft, Stein. I, I just one of me and know. Colin's worst takes ever, Stein, regarding the draft is we were both very high on Killian Hayes. Yeah, that was our <laughs> worst take. I think I, I was also high on Killian Hayes. Um, very disappointed that didn't work out. But the Pistons, I mean, if if they get the top pick or the top the top two pick this year and get a guy like Chet. I'll be back on the Pistons bandwagon because I Same. I love Cade so much. Yeah, Noah and I watched Side. one video of uh, Hayes' step back, <laughs> and then Noah read one stat that said that free throw percentage is more indicative of three point percentage than anything else, and we're like, In well, college. sold. And he's yeah. a lefty, which is cool. Yeah, James maybe Harden, that's where we. That that was probably the first hint. <laughs> All right, um, you know. We, we've been going for a while. Stein, why don't you just hit us with some quick hitters? We can all get our quick hitters in, and then we can uh, let you go here. So I want to go – this is my big one. Um, and I'll kind of preface this by saying it's like – where I see like the direction of a team and a few players going. And then I'll quickly hit on some of the other ones I had written down. Uh, I'm not breaking any news when I say the Lakers have been nothing short of a disaster, which is disappointing for me Wait, because what? I would – I, no I, I'm, I'm, are you sitting down? Breaking news. I'm not. I've been standing up. I got one of those standing desks. <laughs> I'm, I'm real 2014. It's disappointing because Westbrook is, I think, a fun player to watch outside of these past two years. Um, and clearly, I want to see LeBron make another run. It hasn't been working out. And I think the biggest thing we've learned, at least for me, and it's been hidden away with how terrible Westbrook has been this year, is that Anthony Davis isn't really sustainable number two on a team after that in really during the 2020 season people people were trying to tell us that he was the best player on the team he was coming off hit the best season of his career in my opinion um people were ready to give him the crown he i i don't think he was and i think lebron is going to start to realize that which is why when lebron's contract expires after next season He's out of there. There's yeah. two teams Easy. where I think he's going to go to. Ooh, One of them <laughs> would be his hometown team, the Cle- Cleveland Cavaliers. I love that. They have I a love lot that. of. They have enough money coming off the books in Kevin Love's contract, where they're freeing up twenty nine million dollars. Karis mm-hmm. Levert's contract, where they're freeing up yes, nineteen sir. million dollars, and they still have Jared Allen. They have Lori Markkinen. They have Jetty Osman. They have Evan Mobley. They have Darius Garland, and they have Isaac Okoro under contract. And you can throw in Dylan Windler if you want to give him a restricted free agent contract. Belmont legend. I think that would be an awesome (laughs) place for him. Uh, I would love to see him make the re-return. I think it would be a lot of fun. And then the other one. What would Dan Gilbert's note look like? (laughs) It would be still written in Comic Sans. (laughs) (laughs) The, The other one, which I don't think is as likely... Um, just because I think there's a lot more moving parts, but I think would be a little bit more star-studded is a sign-in trade to the Sixers. Um, 
This is assuming they lock up James Harden after he's forgot to submit his uh, player option, which will clearly lead to an extension down the road. But they, I'm assuming they're going to re-sign Harden to a long extension. They'll still have Joel Embiid under contract. And after that, it's a whole, it's not a whole lot outside of Tobias Harris, which kind of makes the money worth. Worst contract in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely seriously. correct. Um, they have these young guys with uh, Maxi and Tybal that they can uh, package sort of in the sign and trade if the two teams want to work together. I think that'd be a really interesting thing where you really get three probably top ten players at that point yeah. all together. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. I think the Cavs one is a possibility and something that I think is likely because if LeBron wants to win another chip and go for number five, he's got to get out of L.A. He's got to to whoever drafts Bronny. Yeah, I I think that's really it. He could end up in Portland for all we know. OKC, baby. They're playing the long con. If he... Gets OKC. If he gets the OKC, I will go to Sam Presti's house and apologize. <laughs> all right, you do that. Uh, oh, and I, then the, the last quick hitters I have. Oh, I like it. I, I won't go into explanation with many of them, so you have to wonder why I'm thinking that. The Celtics should trade Jalen Brown. It's not going to work with two ball dominant oh, wings. That's mine. That's mine. Um, <laughs> I think the Raptors <laughs> are a, a free. Uh, a free agent signing away from yes. really being in that upper echelon yeah, of teams I next agree. year or two. Mm-hmm. I think I just don't think they'll the do Nets... it. That's the issue. Oh, I totally agree. But I think because I think um, Masai thinks he can get all got the draft, which he might be able to. Um, I think the after Nets Sixers fallout, I think Sixers are so much better long term than the Nets, just because <laughs> I don't care about I don't care about the picks. Whack. Uh, I, I don't want like Ben Simmons. Whack. And I also don't trust. I think the Sixers got worse. <laughs> oh, it's a good chance me. they did. I don't. I don't trust KD's injury history. He's been injured too much for me. Um, and my last one is Wilton to score 100 points. Wait, what? What was your last one? Wilton score 100 points. Mm-hmm. You saw one TikTok. I did. And it was the same one that you saw. <laughs> I remember when you talked about it. Otto Porter um, is Will Chamberlain's kid, though, right? Yeah, and Jimmy Butler is Michael Jordan's kid. Manute okay, cool. was in 75 playing in the NBA. People forget. <laughs> People do forget. I, right, I, I got one more. I got one more. Shaq should be higher than Kobe on everybody's top ten list. That's cold, cold take. Cold take. It's freezing, actually. I am like, right. my uh, uh, the amount of Twitter spaces that I have been in, fellas, where that is the hottest take where I, I may have well have said down with the regime. Let me just say, did all of them have those are not jerseys in their Abby or were you just like picking and choosing the ones? Some of them had Kobe jerseys. <laughs> Kobe <laughs> fans are, might be the most dedicated fans in the NBA. <laughs> they really are. They're like, ah, damn. All right. That is a cold take. I just, I get really heated about that one because there's so many people out there, so many. It, it's it might not be in a, in our bubble, but there are so many people that are no, so a lot delusional of, about that. I, I have a lot of friends from my previous job that grew up Kobe fans, and I hope they're listening to this. I hope this gets to them. Um, they think Kobe is top three. Which I think <laughs> is just suck me. 
oh absurd. God. I got into a lot of heated arguments. No cap. I have Tim Duncan over Kobe. Egregious. So I don't think yes. I don't think Kobe's a top ten player. I think I have Tim Duncan over Shaq. Ooh. Kobe got me into basketball. There's an argument. He's, There's an argument. I don't hate it. Yeah, I just I don't think Kobe is like in that category. He's a gr- one of the best ever. Not there. You guys saying that's a cold take actually validates me more than you guys saying that's a hot take. So I appreciate it. <laughs> no, your last one before we wrap up. All right, I have like eight that I'm just going to rattle off, and I'm going to say know. so quickly that you guys can't even debate them and judge me for them. Uh, um, I'm just going to say hot take, cold take, whack take right off the, the right, top. Rashawn yeah. Holmes has the best floater in the NBA. It's automatic. That's not even up for debate. That's a cold take, honestly. Go look up Rashawn Holmes' floater. Um, it's no team will ever three-peat again. It's just not possible in this landscape of the NBA. Um, Harden is Harden is my number three shooting guard of all time over D Wade. I think Harden is a greater player than D Wade. In between cold and hot, because I agree with it, and I'm, but I don't think um, people are ready to accept it. No, they're not. Harden is hard. Okay, follow up take. James Harden. This one's real ignorant. James Harden is the second best offensive player of all time. That's real <laughs> ignorant. Wow. Um, oh another very ignorant one. That. Another very Behind ignorant him. one, I, Michael Jordan. Jordan. All right. Um, I would take Steph number one in an all-time draft. Steph is the best point guard of all time, and I would take him over Magic in an all-time draft easily. Whack. Whack. That's fine. You can say that. I'm a LeBron fan. Um, Steph, already said this one, but... Steph is the best <laughs> fit for any other superstar. He fits in anywhere, put... but I think I don't think he's the best point guard, and I also think there's a lot of great. Oh, he's guards. the best point guard easily. Steph's playmaking. The only thing you have to argument against Magic is his defense, which is fine. Magic was like six nine. Uh, Magic's playmaking nice. on paper is better, but Steph's playmaking is the gravity of his three point shot, so he doesn't have to pass that much. Um, Brown and Tatum are a bad fit. The Celtics are moving mm-hmm. backwards mm-hmm. while everyone in the East um, around them gets better. They're gonna eventually have to rebuild. Um, CP3 deserved MVP over Kobe in 2008. Um, Dirk should have ended his career with three MVPs. And the two seasons Steve Nash won, I actually think Dirk should have won both of those, um, along with the one he won in 07. Um, Clay will not retire a warrior. Clay's not going to retire a warrior. Uh, Quinn Snyder gets fired after this season, and Donovan Mitchell asks out. Yeah, he's going to New York. He's going to play in the Mecca. And my last one, Kyrie retires after this season. (laughs) i could i could talk about the celtics for like 10 hours that team is like a case study i think it's i think they're so interesting and there's so many things they've done right and so many things that i just don't understand and i think like the most interesting thing is brown and tatum's not going to iu he's still going to iu uh he's (laughs) he's on his way um the cell i don't know the celtics confuse me i I don't know if you know this sign but the celtics are like my second favorite team in the league, um, first being that. the Pacers. Um, so I watch a ton of Celtics games. I talk to come in a lot about the Celtics, and um, <laughs> I I root for them quite a bit. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I'm admittedly like an anti-Celtics guy, just because I'm an anti-Boston sports guy. Um, I, I like a lot of I like a lot of players on the Celtics. I just don't see them. I, I totally agree with you. I think they're moving backwards, and I think they signed Marcus Smart to that contract so they can trade him. Um, mm. Because I think they're gonna. I think Brad Stevens digging his heels in is he's not gonna trade Brown, which is gonna be a mistake. Um, he's playing his best basketball right now, so credit to him for like 
like getting them to succeed, but whatever. I, I think that Smart needs to get out of there and they need to get an actual point guard because it's just not great. Here's what they should have done. They should have traded Marcus Smart in a first for Lonzo Ball last offseason. Um, I also think Jalen Brown's a current, at the current moment a better player than Jason Tatum. Tatum had one of the worst starts of any player this year. He's shooting like 15% from three. But Tatum will be a top five player eventually, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't disagree. I agree. Oh, all right, Daniel. Thank you for coming on the pod. It was long overdue, and I think that it lived up to everything that we ever hoped it would be. <laughs> I, I think that this was a fantastic format to have you on for. I'm I'm very glad that we could debate hot takes with you. Do, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Um. I hope you take what I say as fact, unless it's not true. And then this was all a joke. This is a comedy podcast when it boils down to it. Um, <laughs> if if you are ever oh. in the D.C. area. Okay. Uh, if you're ever in the D.C. area and you want to go to a Swipe game. Swipe right. Let me know. Um, this was a ton <laughs> of fun, guys. It's I, I'm having flashbacks to, uh, to Colin and I sitting in our living room watching Colin Cowherd at 3 a.m. yelling at his face. I hate him so much. So, so much. You know, there's was, not anybody I hate more than Colin Coward. It was oh. good to get a lot of this off my chest. Um, this was a ton of fun. I think that like you guys do did a really great job with this, and I'm happy to come on anytime you want me. And Daniel, one last thing: can we get your NBA Finals prediction and your winner in how many yeah. games? That's tough. I mean, clearly I have the Suns coming out of the West, as I alluded to. Yeah, you can't walk back on that now. No, I need to stick to my guns. Um, I think in the Eastern Conference Finals, we're going to get Sixers and Bucks. <laughs> and I think the Sixers take it, and I think they win in seven. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. You're continuing with the hot take sign. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm, I'm high on the Sixers. I think, not to exaggerate at all, but is Embiid and Harden going to be the next Shaq and Kobe? Uh, yeah, good thing I'm you excited. They're already better than both of them. I'm excited to watch those two together. I, I'm a, I think Daryl Morey is one of the smartest minds in the NBA. I also think, don't mean to drag this on too long, I think that they're going to move on from Doc Rivers next year and bring back that Mike D'Antoni if he Doc wants Doc Rivers to. is maybe the most overrated coach of all time. I Doc Rivers Correct. sucks. I He's hate so that bad. <laughs> He's so bad. He had the like the best big three, the first big three in 20 years, and they won one ring when they should have won three, and that's what he's known for. Oh my God. He's uh, a joker, but that's why I'm high on the Sixers. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch for the next few years, especially when they complete that signing trade to LeBron. Yeah, the Sixers got worse than that <laughs> won that trade. Uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. Leave us a like, leave us a rating, and we'll see you on Sunday. Peace. See ya.